Good morning, welcome to Emmett Audio episode 216. This is a Wooden Spoon Geek Out. Um, and what I'm going to be discussing today is tricks for carving big forms and little forms. Because the truth is that in between forms, meaning eaters and cookers, that whole range, that's the easy stuff. Um, because it's relatively easy to fit in your hand when you're carving, and for a couple other reasons that will come up in, uh, in a few minutes. So let's start with small forms first. So if you're talking tiny forms, like my bubble scoop, any like little necklace scoop, um, or anything that's just particularly small, I'll put baby spoons, maybe kid spoons in here as well. The kid spoons are getting up to the point where they're um, sort of in that comfortable middle range. When you're talking tiny stuff, the real issue is wiggle room. Because there's just less material to be removed, you have fewer opportunities to adjust it and deal with mistakes that you might make along the way. So one of the ways that I deal with this is I actually let my axing be rougher with tiny forms than I am with large forms. Because there's just less, right? Like if you make an errant axe blow in a large serving spoon, well, you've still got plenty of room to adjust that large serving spoon. If you make an errant axe blow in a bubble scoop, it's goodbye bubble scoop. Um, And so the trick is to leave yourself more wiggle room, let yourself be rougher with the axe work. And it just doesn't matter if you leave an extra couple millimeters around the outline because it's such a small form, you're going to carve that away in no time. You know, if you think of the, the time to carve as being at least partly related to the circumference of a spoon, the circumference of one of my bubble scoops is what, a quarter of the circumference of, say, a serving spoon. So it just doesn't take, you know, it should take a amount of time to just carve around the outline. Now, obviously, there's plenty of other details that add up to, which is why the cost between the two is not, you know, one quarter one versus the other. But when it comes to giving yourself wiggle room so that you don't make a fatal error early on, Um, But then being able to very quickly make that up in the amount of time it takes you to carve rather than use the axe, that's how it makes sense. Um, The other thing with little forms is that you can chase too hard at the end and end up ruining it. So um, what I found with little forms is that it becomes especially important to carve the bowl before you carve the back of the bowl too much because you need that extra insurance of having a little more thickness while you're carving the bowl so that you can uh, chase any mistakes that you make a little bit. But then at a certain point, you've got to just be done um, and then go back and carve the outside of the bowl until it's the right thickness. Um, So that's those are the tricky things for little forms is making a mistake early on when you really should just be giving yourself some room and making a mistake right at the very end. Um, 
because because you're removing so much less when it comes to the bowl, that's why it's easier to make a mistake that then sticks around because you just have less fewer chances to remove it. Let's talk about big forms. Big forms, the challenge with big forms is to not take all day. So the challenge with big forms is to actually push yourself to use the axe and get closer and closer to that line. So with big forms, what I find is that I almost always, when they take forever, it's because I didn't accurately visualize the true size of the finished form. Usually it's less than you think it is, and you could have axed much further. So partly you just got to carve a couple of the big form that's in question so that you know what the finished size is and then kind of lock it into your brain. You know what I find helps a lot is if I take a photo of the finished spoon uh, where my hand is holding the spoon, that gives me a much more accurate read. And then I, I save that. Ooh, I just found a robin's egg. Cool. Um, <laughs> uh, so then if you then save that photo so that you can refer back to it easily the next time you are carving that form, it will allow you to uh, get a better read of exactly how big you need that form to be. And often it will allow you to push your axe work further, right? Which is the opposite of small forms. Then the other thing that I find matters the most with big forms in terms of speed is simply, especially when I'm like carving something like a flower scoop, <clears throat> is just making sure that I'm not pausing and contemplating but just nibble, 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 nibble with that hook knife. Um, you know, the, 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 the real time in one of these forms often is in just the sheer amount of hollowing. And while obviously you need to give your hands a break, um, just making sure that your hands are moving all the time is the secret to getting it done quickly. Now, the thing that wears your hands out particularly when you're using a hook knife, is doing an open, closed motion with one hand. So the sooner, so that, you kind of got to do that at the very beginning, but then gradually that morphs for me into holding my hook knife still and pushing the other hand against the hook knife so that the cutting motion is actually pivoting the wood against the knife um, in a way that I've demonstrated in many videos on my IGTV uh, and YouTube channel. So check those out if you haven't seen them. Um, but that really takes the strain off of your knife hand because it allows most of the power to come from your off hand that's holding the spoon. And then the other thing that I found with large forms is that that extra 10% is the difference between an amazing form and one that is less good. And by the extra 10%, I mean, removing that 10, that final 10% of material that takes it from feeling a little chunky and clunky down to something that feels just right. So the trick is how do you take off that 10% in a way that gives you a, a polished, consistent, uh, feel like a, like an even wall, that sort of thing. The first thing I would say is get your edges figured out so that like, let's say you have a rim that you need to have that you need to hit on the on the ladle to have it look right like do carve just that rim first and then blend the rest of the bowl up to meet that rim don't try and 
carve the bowl and then have it end up at the rim perfectly. Do it the other way around. Get your rim established first. And that's true for any line. Like let's say you have a facet line on the back of a big scoop that you want to hit. Like get that line trimmed up so that it flows exactly the way you want and then blend the surface on either side of that line so that it looks the way you want it to look without really touching that line again, like creeping right up to it, but not trying to recut it. And uh, and the other thing I would say is um, to make sure on these big forms that you're bringing everything into delicacy at the same time. The other week I snapped a ladle that was almost done. So I was like an hour and 15 minutes in. I was hollowing the bowl and I'd made the neck too thin. And I should have known better. I should have left that neck thicker towards the end, but it's tempting to just sort of lock that variable in and be done with it. Um, But on some of these really large forms, you're exerting way more pressure with that hook knife in your hands on the spoon than you do with a small form. And so, You've just, you've got to bring everything into refinement all at the same time. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. Not randomly, but going around in a circle. Uh, You know, do the bowl, refine the handle. Do the bowl, refine the handle. Do the bowl, refine the handle. Um, And so for me, what that looks like is, you know, typically carve the outline, top face, bottom face. Then outline top face, bottom face, but the neck a little deeper than I otherwise would think. Um, because the, the, the keel of the neck, leaving it deeper, that's the easiest thing to adjust at the end. And that's the easiest way to build extra strength in at the, what is essentially the weakest point in a way that's easy to remove at the end in a controlled way just because of how you can do a pull cut on the back of the spoon bowl down into the neck and really get that line quite easily exactly where you want it. By leaving that thick until the bowl is basically all hollowed out, you're giving yourself that extra um, strength right where your hands are going to be exerting sheer pressure on the wood, by which I mean, you know, a sheer force. A sideways pressure on the spoon neck from the bracing action of your hand that's not holding the hook knife. Um, so that's it. Those are the trips, the tips that I have for addressing especially small and especially large forms. Uh, as always, let me know on Instagram if you find this useful, if you have requests for future episodes. Otherwise, I'm just going to do what springs to mind. But I am very open to uh, fielding questions and requests from you guys. Thanks so much for being a part of this.